Welcome to the Stanley Hotel and our Halloween 2019 bonus episode. I'm David Cummings. The following audio is the live show performed at the legendary and haunted Stanley Hotel on October 3rd, 2019, as part of our No Sleep Halloween live tour. As many of you know, the Stanley Hotel was where author Stephen King created the story The Shining. This performance features the tour team of myself, Jessica McAvoy, David Alt, Nicole Goodnight, and composer Brandon Boone. Joining us at this show are special guests Kyle Akers, Sarah Thomas, and Peter Lewis. So join us in Estes Park, Colorado, as we present No Sleep Halloween Live 2019 at the Stanley Hotel. Hello, David. Come play with us. Oh, I'd better get going. I met these lovely twin girls at the hotel. They want to play with me. It looks like they want to try some axe throwing. (laughs) That must be why they're both holding axes. Anyways, and now, brace yourself for No Sleep Halloween Live from the Stanley Hotel. Come play with us, David. Forever and ever and ever. It is the season of Halloween. Join us as we celebrate the dark and macabre. Brace yourself for No Sleep Halloween Live. Hello, hello, and welcome to No Sleep Halloween Live at the Stanley Hotel. This is a genuinely magical night. My name is David Cummings. I'm the host and the guy who's responsible for all this nonsense. I bring you greetings from my hometown of Toronto, Canada. It is so wonderful to be here in Estes Park at this haunted, legendary hotel. Thank you all for coming. And what's extra special about tonight is I think I can say, without fear of contradiction, that we are tonight playing in front of the largest crowd we ever have. Thank you so much. I didn't know Estes Park had this many people in it. (laughs) Now, how many people have come up from Denver to see us? (laughs) Wonderful. And if I knew another city in Colorado, I would have said it. (laughs) Uh, 
Exactly, all of those. That's right off the top of my head. We have such a fun night. We have been looking forward to this so much. We have many, many special guests tonight, and we've got four stories that we can't wait to perform for you. And of course, I need to introduce these lovely people on stage. The first person I will introduce is a man who hails from Cincinnati, Ohio. He is, simply put, an international multi-award winning composer. He writes scores not just for the podcast, but also he's done short films and he has won awards for them. He has become the foundation of the sound of the No Sleep podcast, an incredibly gifted composer. Would you please welcome to the Stanley Hotel, Mr. Brandon Boone. What's up? <laughs> Brandon, Brandon. Yes. This, I, I can only assume, is your first time at the Stanley Hotel. The first time ever, yes. And what did you think about this magnificent facility? I just can't wrap my head around it. I am blown away. Blown away. And so, Brandon, we're going to blow you away all the way to the back <laughs> of the stage. But, but <laughs> I, I know. I know where I belong. But before I go, I have to introduce the next person. Um, she is South Dakota's newest resident. And uh, I found out today that she goes by macaroni. So <laughs> give it up for Jessica Snackaroni McAvoy. I told him one time that someone in kindergarten called me Jessica Macaroni, and this is my life now. And Jessica, what are your impressions of the Stanley Hotel? Oh man, it's gorgeous. I'm waiting for ghost twins so hard though, <laughs> so hard. And you had earlier today, you had a red rum latte. Is that I sure it? did. There was no rum in it, but uh, I know. But there's also a red rum punch if you guys want to run down to the bar at some point, that's good too. Wonderful. Now, of course, on tour, we travel very close together and you have a, a woman that you travel with, is your roommate, your confidant, dare I say your soulmate. <laughs> dare you say it. Yes, I am lucky enough to get to spend all sorts of intimate time with, from Rochester, New York, Miss Nicole Goodnight. <laughs> Now, Nicole, we took the tour of the Stanley Hotel today. We did, we did. How did you feel walking up to the door of room 217? Oh, I loved every minute of it. It was really fun. <laughs> For those who don't know, that's the room Stephen King stayed in when he was haunted and inspired to write The Shining. So yeah, yeah. We saw the room, not inside, of course. So that's Sadly. Who knows was what was going inside. Indeed. Yeah, well, it, we've traveled a lot to be here. The big joke is that I, uh, a couple days before tour, came up from Florida to Maryland, which was 14 hours, then Maryland to Rochester, which was seven hours, and then the very next few days went to Seattle. So it's been a long trip for me to get here, but there's one person who's gone just a little bit farther than I have to be here tonight, and it is the amazing, wonderful, um, just 
can't even say enough good things about him from Rip in England, David Alt. Thank you very much. This is, after all, the BBC World Service. Here is the news. <clears throat> I do that at every sound check, it's just my bit of fun. And so, David, your impressions of this venerable, haunted location? It, just going outside and seeing the mountains all the way around you is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Seeing you, yeah. There is some audience participation, by the way, guys, so just, just warning you. Well, we shall get into it, but in the form of horror stories, we're going to kick off with our first story tonight. Our first story is written by a man also from David's home country of England. He has written many stories for the podcast. He has become a fan favorite, Mr. Henry Galley. And his stories all have a nice flair to them. Hmm a little bit of cheekiness to them, and this one is no exception, because in this story, we're gonna meet two couples. Friends, some might say, co-workers, some might say, but they're getting together for a bit of food. We can only imagine what will happen. So we invite you to join us as we have dinner at the Gladstones. Oh. Jesus, what were those directions? I'm amazed we found the place. Greg, why do you always have to be such a pessimist? We got here, didn't we? So stop grumbling about it for two seconds. Time is money, Linda, and right now we're in poverty. Drama queen. But how was Bill doing when we left? Haven't heard from him, but you know what Bill's like. He comes and goes. Yeah, he comes to make withdrawals from the International Bank of Mum and Dad and goes to spend it all. I wouldn't mind if he just gave us a little respect or even talked to us, but no, just a great heaping helping of cold shoulder. Just try to put it out of your mind during dinner, Greg. It was very nice of the Gladstones to invite us over, especially considering, you know... What happened? Yeah, yeah, but, but where was Bill headed? Craig. Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry, Linda, I just wanted to know. We've got a lot riding on tonight, so sue me for not wanting to leave anything about this to chance. Fine. He told me he was heading to a Halloween party at Nathan's house. Oh, Nathan, that little shit. You know, he was always a bad influence. Oh, but you made sure Bill ate before he left, right? I made him lunch myself. Yeah, and he ate it? Yeah. You're sure he ate it? Yes, Greg. I'm sure he ate it. Super. <laughs> so he should be good until we get back. Parenthood, right? <laughs> right. Oh, it's all going to be a hell of a lot easier after tonight, Linda. A hell of a lot easier. We just need everything here to go off without a hitch. I know, I know. You're not the only one who planned all this, remember? It'll be fine if things go smoothly, which they will. Okay, well, here we are. Big smiles. Big smiles.
Should I knock again? No, no, that'd be rude. Yeah, but, but wait on. a little longer. See, a little th- longer won't hurt, th- Greg. This, this is why I, this is what he always does. This is the reason why he got fired from me. Hello! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, Mr. Brown. Oh, oh, please, now. It's Greg now, Donald. It, none of this Mr. Brown business. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, did you have any trouble finding the place? I couldn't help but notice you being fashionably late. <laughs> well, we had some trouble with the directions. Trick-or-treaters mobbing the streets in town, and this place... Well, this place is really out here. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty as charged, Mrs. Brown. Well, we like our privacy. Out here. You can call me Linda. Well, then, let's get you in off the porch, shall we? Of course, of course. Stay out here any longer and you'll be frozen stiff. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in, come on in. (laughs) I'll lock the door. Better safe than sorry, right? Oh, of course. So many crazy people out there these days. You can't ever be too careful. Right. Uh, Okay. Oh, wow. Don, Melissa, this place is beautiful. You two have really landed on your feet. Oh, well, making the best out of a bad situation has always been a talent of ours. Isn't that right, honey? (laughs) Why, yes, darling. Making purses out of pig's ears all day long. Yeah, but no kidding. This place is gorgeous. How on earth did you afford all this after... Well, you know... Well, we've been saving money in all the right places. Oh, and speaking of, dinner's in the oven. Oh, I've been slaving away in the kitchen all day. Really wanted to make tonight something special. Oh, no need to go above and beyond for little old us. Right, Greg? Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, We're just friends. No need to go over the top. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's us. Always going over the top. (laughs) Take a seat. We'll be right back. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Oh, back in a jiffy. Yep, two shakes of a fuzzy little lamb's tail. (laughs) (laughs) Seems they're adjusting to the new situation well. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Do they seem a little off to you? I, I, I don't know, I just feel a little uncomfortable. Well, sure, they're a little cheerier than usual, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe they're just happy to be back in the swing of things? Yeah, right. Whatever you say, Linda. And we're back. Ah, <laughs> Donald, Melissa, uh, how's dinner coming along? Marvelously, Mr. Uh, Brown. Uh, please, please, Don, it's just Greg. We're friends, remember? Right, right, of course, of course. Old habits die hard. <laughs> uh, so, what are we having? Oh, it's a slow roast with a side of steamed vegetables. Oh, sounds delicious. We haven't eaten all day. Well, we won't have to wait much longer, Greg. We'll take wonderful care of you. Oh, and until then, how about some wine? Well, we, I've been saving this bottle for a special occasion, and, well, now seems like as good as time of any to pop it on open. Are you sure? I'd hate for you to waste good wine on us. Oh, nonsense. It's a special occasion. We'll pull out all the stops. Well, I'll just have the one glass. After all, I am the designated driver. Oh, no, 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 no. One glass? Where's the fun in that? Well, 
treat yourself. You've, we've got a guest room. You can stay here and then leave tomorrow morning once you've sobered up. I, I know some excellent hangover cures, you know. Well, it's nice of you to offer, but Greg has to be at work tomorrow morning, so we really shouldn't. <laughs> oh, come on. Nonsense. Greg, you're the big boss man. You can set your own hours, can't you? Uh, well, I, I suppose. I suppose oh, I, I... there we go. I'll pour you a glass. Uh, you too, Linda. Oh, thank you. Hmm. Well, you know, sometimes you do have to live a little, and of course you never know when you'll stop getting the opportunity. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hmm. That's actually quite delicious. Truly divine. <laughs> I agree. When was it bottled? Well, that's a good question. Allow me to check here. Nineteen ninety-six, by the looks of it. Oh, excellent year! Why, that was when you started working for Walker and Walker and Walker's Limited, wasn't it, Donald? Why, yes, yes, it was. That was before your company acquired it, wasn't it, Greg? Uh, I, uh, I don't quite remember. Uh, the wine must be going to my head quicker than I thought. Mm. <laughs> uh, it was the year Bill was born, too. Oh, yes. How could I forget? Hmm. Bill. Bill. Oh, yes, your boy. How is he, by the way? Oh, he must be in college by now, right? <sighs> well, you would think so. Uh, but he's not really... Well, he's... Well, well, what? Yes, we're, we're waiting. I mean, no judgment. We're all friends here after all, right? Right. Bill isn't up to all that much at the moment. We're having some trouble with him. He's what politically correct experts would call a problem child. Oh, yes? How so? He's been acting out lately. Staying out all night, never doing his chores, always asking for money. Ugh. And of course, he flat out refuses to get a job. Oh, Robert, what a terrible shame. Right, Donald? Oh, yes, a terrible, terrible shame. Well, why not give him a job at Walker and Walker and Walker's Limited? You know, an, an, an internship. <sighs> Wouldn't do any good. The boy just won't work. And it's one thing to let him sap money out of, it through, out of us through his allowance. It's another thing entirely to let him mooch off the company dollar. We're having enough problem with layoffs already. Oh, don't we know it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We've been finding balloons in his pockets, too. Oh, well, perhaps he's moonlighting as a birthday clown. <laughs> yes, that would explain an awful lot. You know, textbook birthday clown behavior, definitely. <sighs> I appreciate your optimism, but the reality is that our little Billy has taken to doing whippets. <gasps> like the dog? Bestiality! No, 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 no. Horrifying. No, 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 no. God! No! <laughs> Nitrous oxide, I mean, you know, laughing gas? Kids take it at parties to get high? Yeah, you'd think he'd get enough laughs at our expense, the advantage-taking little prick. Oh, it's just terrible how children these days feel the need to indulge in intoxicants to have a good time. <sighs> yes, yes. Another glass of wine, anyone? Oh, God, oh, yes, please. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, listen. 
Greg, Linda, I have so much respect for what you're going through. You're doing wonderfully, all things considered. Oh, it's true. I'm sure there's an end in sight. Yeah, right. Word of advice. Never have kids. They're a pain in the ass, they're a financial drain, there's a complete lack of respect. Okay, Greg, I think people get the idea. Sorry, I'm just a grumpy drunk, I guess. Oh, no need to apologize. Like I said, all friends here. All friends here. Yes, fast friends. (laughs) Uh, You two seem to be doing well for yourselves. Uh, Yeah, it's nice to see that you're on the up and up. Lovely home, great wine, and you seem... Happy? Well, it wasn't always this way. Yes, yes, we went through a bit of a dark patch after the incident. But we're all better now. Yes, all better. Good as new. Right as rain. Fit as a fiddle. 100% sane. 0% crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well... How did you do it? Well, having goals helped. It really gave us a sense of direction following the mess. You know, something to hope for. Yes, yes, yes. After losing my job at Walker and Walker and Walker's Limited, I felt like I was lost in a void. After all, I'd been at that job for, well, I guess as long as Bill was alive. I loved it. Oh, it was my whole life. So when I lost it, well, I had to take a new one. And honestly, Greg, I've never felt better. Well, I'm, uh, I'm very glad to hear that, Donald. You know, letting you go was really nothing personal. You were one of the best credit officers at the company. Just, you know, this economy and cutbacks, sacrifices needed to be made. Oh, we understand, Greg. We really, really do. Why, we've made plenty of sacrifices since Don lost his job, and we're better for it. Much, much better. Yes, much better. If anything, we're grateful. It was a real blessing in disguise. I can't thank you enough. So, when's dinner ready? (laughs) It smells delicious. Oh, I'd almost forgotten. I'll be right back. Oh, I'll join you, dear. Just gonna go check on it. (laughs) Be right back. Jesus Christ, intense much? Yeah, but he's always been like this. You know, just a little full-on. Eccentric, even. There's eccentric, and then there's... that. They're manic, Greg. It's weird. It's real weird. You're just overanalyzing things, Linda. I told you he was a weird guy. Always has been. Every holiday, he'd come in early. Earlier than me, even. And decorate the office. That's not normal. Not on President's Day. But he's harmless. Open your eyes and think for a second you don't. What reason do they have to be so smug? Unless they know. What? You know what I'm talking about? What if they know what we did? Oh, now you're just being paranoid, Linda. How could they possibly know? We took every precaution. Hell, it might not even have happened yet. They don't know. You don't know that. Look, I'm not saying it's a certainty. I'm just saying something isn't right. There's a reason they're so cheerful after you shafted them. I didn't shaft them. I told you it was an inevitability given the economic situation. If 
they find out what we've done, we're screwed. So maybe cut down on all the soft up blabbing? Will you hop off my dick, please? I swear, you're the only person here choosing to be a goddamn harpy for Halloween! Kiss my ass, you dangling, oversized, inflamed hemorrhoid! Oh. I swear to God, what's with And we're back again. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner's ready. Oh, it was a real labor of love, just to show you how much we appreciate you. I'm sure you must be starving by now. <laughs> well, I am a little peckish now that you mention it. I think we all might be getting a little tense because we're hungry. Right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, right. Great! Come join us in the dining room. I'm sure the wine has whetted everyone's appetite. Oh, wow. This dining room is just spectacular. Is this new? Yeah, it's a pretty recent fitting. Like we said, we wanted to make it perfect for special occasions. Well, it doesn't get much more special than this. Well, if you say so. Please, please, take a seat. Take a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Of course. Thank you. How there we are, nice and cozy. I'll start plating up the meal. Say, all these renovations, Donald, did you come into some money recently? Hmm. No, Greg, same as always here. Are you planning on coming into any money? Greg, behave. We're adults, Linda. Can't we discuss this like men? If there are any issues between us, it's better that they come out now, isn't it? At least wait until after dinner, maybe? Speaking of, here you go. Bon appetit. Oh, thank you, Melissa. We really appreciate your hard work. <laughs> oh, 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 no, 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 no. Don't, don't thank me yet. Dig in and then thank me. All right. <laughs> Greg? What? Sure thing, honey. I suppose we won't be stopping to say grace. I thought not. So, Donald. Yes, Greg? You're sure you don't harbor any, well, we'll say animosity about the firing? Oh, oh none at all, Greg. No, like I told you, it was a, a kind of a come to Jesus moment for me. You, you know how it is. You spend a couple of decades at one job and well, you get locked into a routine. Getting fired, well, oh, it, it freed me to pursue a new direction. I can say for a fact that since losing my job, I've done things I never even would have imagined doing before. Oh, it's marvelous. Yeah, sure. Would any of this new knowledge you've come into happen to involve anything we've done? We? Linda and I. Greg, you're making a fool of yourself. You drank too much. You know how you get when you drink. What? It was you who said they might know, and now I'm the asshole for actually trying to do something about it? You are the asshole. You're always the asshole. Is everything okay? Yes, Melissa. <laughs> Everything's just fine, fine and dandy. Just enjoying this delicious rose. Oh, I'm so very glad to hear that. Oh, whatever. Oh. Are you okay there, Greg? Yeah, I'm fine. It's a bit of a stomachache. Oh, me too, now that you mention it. I hope the meat's not bad, Donald. Oh, the, the meat's fine, Mel. Farm to table. It doesn't get any more reliable than that. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's delicious, Nell. <laughs> don't worry about it. <clears throat> you know, it, it upsets me that you don't think I'm being sincere, Greg. What gave you that impression? Oh, don't play dumb with me, Donny boy. I'm not a fucking rube. You don't get to run a company like me by being a rube. Nobody here suggested that, Greg. Just calm down and keep eating. Oh, that's enough out of you two, pipsqueak. Think you can pull the wool over my eyes? Ha! <laughs> I know exactly what your game is. Jesus Christ, Greg. You're making a bigger deal out of this. <laughs> Sorry, you're... <laughs> Everybody just calm down. Maybe get <coughs> maybe get some water. We're all just getting a little out of sorts right now. What is it you think we've done, Greg? Really, what is it you're accusing us of? Haven't we lost enough already from that mentality? Oh, fuck you, you weird little prick. You've seen my dirty laundry and now, now you're going to try and squeeze money out of us, right? That's what you're... Stupid little plan is. I don't know what you're talking about. Neither of us do. Exactly. Maybe which is why it's time that we Everyone thinks that they can have a piece. All of you. You're just looking for a moment of vulnerability. One little fucking weakness. And when there's blood in the water, you take advantage. You take fucking advantage. Like Bill? Exactly like fucking Bill. Greg, no. You're going to say something you regret. Oh, fuck off, Linda. They know. They already know. In which case, you might land us in even deeper shit. So maybe shut your trap for once and just enjoy dinner. <coughs> Are you enjoying your meal, Linda? Yes, Melissa. It's lovely. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. I mean, why, it makes sense that you'd enjoy it. You made it yourself. And another thing. I... Wait, what? <laughs> you freed us, Greg. All we wanted to do was return the favor. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't understand. Linda, when did you last speak to Bill? Oh, it was just after lunch, right? Any idea where he went after that? Uh, uh, the Halloween party. He went to a Halloween party. Hmm. Ever get any confirmation that he made it there? Hmm? No? <laughs> well, he could be anywhere now, couldn't he? <laughs> Absolutely anywhere. No, oh, it's a very special meal. Very, very special. No. No, no, no. This is a joke, right? This, is, this has got to be a joke. Does it look like a joke? Let me put it a little more simply for you, just so you don't misinterpret it. We happened to run into Bill in your home earlier today. <laughs> we told him we wanted to help you out, but Bill being Bill, he wasn't all that receptive. We had to take drastic action. He may not have been all that cooperative in life, but <laughs> believe me. Afterwards, well, the meat came off the bone like hot butter. Mm, bon appetit. Missing something? Oh, Donald! There's been a huge 
misunderstanding. <laughs> we thought that you were going to blackmail us. <laughs> so you killed Bill? <laughs> oh, God, what an insane coincidence. This is amazing. <laughs> Wait, blackmail you? Isn't this worse? <laughs> we poisoned Bill's lunch earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you, it was a pain in our backside. <laughs> We figured this dinner would make a good alibi for when he died at the party, but we just ate him instead! This is hilarious! <laughs> Actually, I suppose that is pretty funny. You couldn't make this shit up. What a Dinner at the Gladstones by Henry Galley. The next story we'd like to do for you is by an author who's a little bit new to the podcast, but she has made quite an impact. She is a very, very talented author. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that some people in this room listen to the No Sleep podcast. not a lot of people, strangely. <laughs> but if you listen, maybe you are in the current season, season 13, and if you heard the first episode of season 13, you might recall a story called Shreds, which featured an up-and-coming young actor by the name of Elijah Wood. And so we're thrilled to welcome him here tonight. Would you welcome... No, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> I did that a few nights ago, and everybody here honestly thought it was happening. They just... We were real sad. <laughs> but Shreds, the story that Elijah Wood was in, was written by Dee Williams, and she has written a script for us tonight, and we are thrilled to do it. This is a story about three people who have found themselves in a very strange predicament, one that they're not quite sure why they are in that predicament. And so, we would invite you to join us, but perhaps keep your distance, if you will, because we would hate to see anybody get sick tonight. Because this tale is entitled Bavisana. Hello? Nurse? Anyone? What? Hey, 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 miss. Are, are you awake? What? Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 I can hear you. Where are we? 
Is this some kind of hospital? I think so. I'm not sure. I can't remember how I got here. Do you know what's going on? No, I... I was going down to the newsstand before work and I... I, I don't know what happened. Oh, who's that next to you? Uh, I don't know her. Well, try to wake her up. Maybe she'll have an idea of what's going on. Okay, um... Hey! Hey, you! Wake up! Uh, wake up! Eddie, I don't... Who are you? Um, my name's Susan, and that's, uh... That's... Oh, uh, Harry. Harry. And that's Harry. Do you know where we are? N no, I... I I'm, I'm Linda, and I don't know this place. It, it looks like a... Like a hospital room, yeah. Except I haven't seen a nurse or a doctor or anyone. Why is the door like that? Like what? Uh, oh, God. We're locked in here. Jesus, it's completely sealed. And, and around the window, too. We're, we're sealed up in a big freaking walk-in... What's wrong? Uh, I don't know. I just, I touched my arm and, and there's this bump under this bandage. Ah! Well, leave the bandage then. If you're hurt, you don't want to make it worse? No, no, look. I have one on my arm too. It's like a, a boil. No. No, it can't be. Do you have one too? Yeah, it, it looks like Oh, a, wait, a... hold on. Uh, look out, out the window there. Uh, in the hallway, someone's coming. Uh... Hello? Uh, hey! No, uh, sh sh please don't yell. Uh, how else am I supposed to get his attention? If everything's sealed up, he can't hear us anyways. Uh, hey! Hey, right here! Yeah, yeah, right here! Uh, what is this? What's going on? You didn't have to make such a show of it, Miss Brown. I was coming to you anyway. I missed what you said, though. Care to try again now the intercom is on? What is this place? Where are we? Who are you? Well, this is a research hospital, and I am Dr. Whitaker. I'm supervising your cases. Cases? Are we sick? Unless I severely misunderstood that part of medical school, hospitals are for sick people. But why is it like this? Why does that door look like an airlock? If you're our doctor, why aren't you coming in here? My goodness, so many questions. Let's see, it looks like an airlock because it is one, and I'm not in there with you because it is against protocol. Talking this way is fine though, don't you think? With the glass and the intercom, it's practically the same anyway. And besides, if I were to come in, I think you'd find the required attire somewhat upsetting. But I do guarantee that you are receiving a very high level of care. You talk about it like it's some kind of prison. Certainly not. As I said, it's a hospital. Well, then why are we locked in? If it's just a hospital, you can't keep us here. Let us out. Oh, oh I see. No, no, no. I'm afraid it's quite the other way around. I can keep you here, and I can't let you out. Far too dangerous to do otherwise. What's wrong with us? Well, officially, nothing is wrong with you, or everything is, I suppose, depending on your view. 
You see, you three are dead. What? Dad? <laughs> what is that even According to the paperwork, uh, let's see, Harold Smith mm -hmm, died in a car accident on the 29th, and Linda Jones and Susan Brown both died on Halloween. Linda Jones of a mugging gone awry, and Susan Brown in a fly fire at her flat. You really shouldn't put the kettle on when you're tired, Miss Brown. Forget to add water, and the next thing you know, everything is burned up. No! No, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. Burned up? Yes, that's typically what fire does. No open caskets for any of you, it would appear. All damaged beyond recognition. But my cat... Oh, uh, Fluffy Toes Trumbullkins was completely unharmed in the fire, Miss Brown. Though I do believe the shelter has changed that somewhat unfortunate name. No. Stop. Stop talking like it's happened, it hasn't. It's not even possible, it's not even Halloween yet. I was going to go home and Eddie and I were gonna work on his costume tonight so he could wear it to school tomorrow. It, it's, it's only the 30th, so we can't Actually, today is November the 9th, 1990, in case that was in doubt. <laughs> 10 days, but Eddie, he... <coughs> Eddie is perfectly fine as well, Miss Jones. He's been homed with a very lovely family. Uh, quite sad, I expect, but he'll bounce back. Young people tend to do so. And what about you, Mr. Smith? Seems that you were all alone in life. No pets, no wife, no children. But I could be misinformed. Can I assuage your fears about anything? No. No, I don't think you can. Terribly clever. So, how are we, if we're... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's only the official story. Unofficially, you're very much alive, clearly. Then what is it? How can we have been here for that long and not known it? We've been in comas, or... You've been sedated, actually. But why? Well, for diagnostics. Chest x-rays and blood work and the like. It would be easier with conscious participants, of course, but we tend not to expect much patient cooperation here. Oh, speaking of, you all did have your full rounds of vaccinations as children, didn't you? I checked your medical records, but I feel that they might be a little unreliable in your cases. Why are you doing this to us? Because you are sick. I thought I made that quite clear. I don't understand. I don't understand any of this. Well, no, I don't expect you would. But the good news is that you don't need to. So if that's all settled, why don't you tell me how you're all feeling? Any discomfort, headaches, chills? Miss Jones, I noticed your cough. Bit of a tickle in the throat? Please, I don't need to be here. I just want to see my baby. I just want to go home. And what home would that be? The one here in London or the one in, um... Pennsylvania that you left 10 years ago. Either way, it doesn't really answer my question. I don't care. I just want to see my son. Oh, it's touching, really. Seems a terrible shame that he doesn't know his father. Moved here to marry the man and then never went through with it, wasn't it? You jackass, leave her alone. There's no need for names, Mr. Smith. Th he's scared. 
We all are. Just, please, just tell us what's happening. Let us out. I can't let you out. You would be a danger to society. What part of you are sick is so difficult to understand? I'm not. I'm fine. We're fine. Your flat is gone, Miss Brown, so where would you even go? Back to Los Angeles? Just need some sunshine and warmth to stop your shivering, I suppose, since you're obviously not sick, just cold, certainly don't have a fever. Please. <laughs> it does seem a bit of an odd choice to move away for Los Angeles for art school, wasn't it? I... I wanted to go to Goldsmiths. Of course. And why not? Excellent college. I bet you connected with some interesting people while you were there. Like-minded people, free thinkers. Maybe even a few communists. Probably not hard at all to push artists over that edge. What does that have to do with anything? What are you even talking about? I'm just lamenting Ms. Brown's crushed dreams of making art. Came all this way for goldsmiths and now works for Parcel Force. Oh, and you, Mr. Smith. You're quite an enigma yourself. Crossed an ocean and waited five years for naturalization just to work for Euro Control. As though Canada has no need for air traffic controllers. I don't need to explain myself to you. No, you certainly don't. Nor am I asking you to. I was just remarking on how interesting it is that you all ended up here in London. So, you're trying to say, what? That you've got us locked up because we're not from here? That's an interesting way of looking at it, I suppose. Well, that doesn't make us sick. People move to different countries all the time. Oh, they certainly do. But I am not interested in people. I am interested in you three. Tell me, was immigration supposed to be a more effective cover, or was there just something about an American accent that was easier to fake? What are you talking about? I'm talking about infrastructure, Ms. Brown. The city's weak points. Air travel. The tube. Even the bloody Royal Mail, apparently. Did you really think that the British government wasn't going to notice? Notice what? That we all move to London? That we go to work? What is there to notice? I don't feel right. A refreshing bit of honesty. What doesn't feel right, Miss Jones? Are you nauseous? Are you feeling feverish, perhaps? Don't say anything to him, Linda. He's crazy or something. There's something wrong with him. Something wrong with me? Why not? <laughs> He's not going to let us go. Why not just tell him? What, what good is it to argue with him like you two have been doing? It's not getting us anywhere. That's the spirit. Just tell me it's all I wanted to know in the first place. Don't, Linda. <laughs> I'm dizzy. And my mouth feels wrong. Wrong in what way? Can you describe it for me? Uh, there are bumps, uh, hard bumps under the skin. All over. It, it hurts. Really? I've never heard of the sores developing so early. Have any of them broken open? Do you taste blood? Yeah, I can feel it in my throat. Good Lord, so early. Have many of them broken down, would you say? A majority or just a few? No more questions. Leave her alone. And what about you, Miss Brown? Feverish, of course, but is there anything else? Headache, backache? 
Oh my. From here, it looks like you have a bit of bleeding in your eyes. Harry? No, 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 don't listen to him. Your eyes are fine. Are they? You can't feel a subconjunctival hemorrhage, Miss Brown, and you certainly can't see it. But when the hemorrhages start under your skin, you will see them. You probably won't feel them, but you certainly will see them. And when the skin starts to lift Shut and Shut up! Are they going to spread? What? The sores? Oh yes, on you they most assuredly will. Miss Brown, likely not, but when the hemorrhages start, they will spread in a similar fashion. Face, hands, feet. Perhaps you two can compare notes. Oh. What, what is this? What's wrong with them? Well, the same thing that's wrong with you, Mr. Smith. Though you seem to be taking longer at it. Smallpox. No. No. We can't have smallpox. That's not possible. Of course it is. I infected you myself four days ago. You did what? No, 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 but, but, but it's, it... Contagious? It's, disfiguring? Deadly? It's, it, it's extinct! It's fucking extinct! It, it has been for years! In the wild, perhaps, but not in the lab. No, you can't... Only two places in the world are allowed to have it. This isn't one of them. Nowhere in London, nowhere in England, you... You can't have it. My, my. Terribly knowledgeable for a woman who works in transportation, aren't you? And yet somehow still very naive. We can't have it, and yet we do. <laughs> and now you three have it too. Why, why would you, you can't do this. We didn't do anything wrong. We just, you can't do this. Let me out of here. I'm getting out of here. Touch your ivy, Miss Brown, or I swear to God, I'm... Thank you. I would ask that none of you touch your IVs. Removing them would be entirely counterproductive to your treatment. You're... You're treating us? Of course we're treating you. I told you before, a high level of care. Anything that could even have the slightest chance of being helpful, we are pumping into you. But if you infected us, why would you treat us? <sighs> because we know about your country's bioweapons program. America doesn't have a bioweapons program. Well, that's debatable. But I'm not talking about America, or Canada for that matter. I am talking about biopreparat. Bio... Pre what is that? What does that mean? You say we have weapons and then you say that they're not what you're talking about? Still such beautiful performances, even in a situation like this one. I am very impressed. They did you all an immense disservice when they didn't pull you out after Pesechnik defected. Pesechnik? <laughs> you think... You think we're Soviet agents? No, Miss Brown. I know you're Soviet agents. You're nuts. You're completely nuts. That's insane. You can't know that because it's not true. I was born in the United States. My my name is Linda Jones, for God's sake. I, I don't know anything about guns or weapons Please, or... enough with the theatrics. 
I know about all three of you, just like I know about the experiments your country has done. You could kill thousands upon thousands of people. That is what is insane, not me. Experiments. Thousands of... How could any of us do any of that? Well, not alone. But with the information you three have, and the infectious agents your scientists have engineered, it will be a simple matter. So, that's what this is? You've just... engineered some of your own? Exactly. With the approval of the British government, of course. This is our way to match you. We call the strain Bavisana, after the village it was isolated in. Of course, it's much more lethal now than it was then. Apparently the word means something like divine. And I must say that after what we've done to it, it is divine. It's like the wrath of God. So what? So what? Yeah, so what? Let's just go along with this insane theory of yours and say that single mom Linda over there and Susan with her fluffy Von Frankenstein cat and I, we're all spies. And that we've been plotting some horrific fate for London, all the while knowing about whatever weapons mother goddamn Russia has been making. Let's just say that. So what is your plan for us then? Use us to test your own weapon and then what? Unleash the superbug? Kill them before they kill us? Oh, that's entirely... Nobody's been vaccinated against smallpox since the 70s. That's a whole generation with no immunity at all. You couldn't contain the spread. It would go everywhere. Around the whole world. It would take the children first. Like my Eddie. He never hurt anyone, he's just a little boy. Is that what you want, Dr. Whitaker? Kill your enemies even if it means killing their children and killing your own children too? The ones who never did anything wrong? Is that what this is for? Mutually assured destruction? God no, God no! We are treating you, don't you understand? We did this so we could stop it. That doesn't make sense! Of course it does! We don't know what the Soviet... what your strain is capable of. We don't even know what strain it is. We only know that it exists. Bavisana is our blind approximation of it, as lethal and contagious as humanly possible. So if we can develop a vaccine against it better than the old one, then surely it will be effective against the strain produced at Biopreparat. We are trying to save lives, not take them. But you had to test it. But you couldn't test it on your own people. You couldn't even let anyone know you had it. So you round us up, call us spies, have the government fake records so it looks like we're dead? For the last time I know Stop. that you- Stop. Stop. The sores on our arms. You've already vaccinated us. Yes! You are all vaccinated as children, but the immunity can decrease over time. So we vaccinated you again post-exposure. It's just like it would be in the event of an attack. You try to stop the spread and decrease the severity of the illness for those already infected. So there's a chance. 
misunderstand. You three are not part of the test group. You're part of the control. You were vaccinated with the old vaccine. No. No, no, but, but, but still. It, it can so still do something, can't it? Even a small amount? It can help. No, it can't. Avicenna was designed to evade the old vaccine, to rip through it. We're just using you to see how fast it does. Visana by D. Williams. As I mentioned earlier, this night is special for a number of reasons, and some of those reasons are the number of guest stars we have with us tonight. We have three of our voice actors who will be joining us up on stage very soon. And I wanted to make a couple of announcements now before we get into our final two stories. Um, one of our other special guests with us here tonight is one of our renowned authors. This woman has written a lot, a lot, a lot. of amazing mm -hmm. stories. Stories like Room 733, Things We Saw in the Woods, Baraska, Whitefall. Whitefall. She has gone on to bigger and better things in a way. She it works very closely with director Mike Flanagan. She was a staff writer on The Haunting of Hill House. She's also just wrapped the writer's room for the second installment of that series called The Haunting of Bly Manor. We are thrilled to welcome here tonight, and she'll be joining us after the show. She's got books to sell, to sign, autographs. Ms. C.K. Walker is sitting right down here in the front row. Wave your hand, wave your hand. There she is. Such a thrill, such a thrill. And it's, it's amazing that I was thinking that she works and is good friends with Mike Flanagan, the director, someone who's done Hush and Ouija and Gerald's Game. And he's recently wrapped up his next big story that relates, of course, to this very location, the sequel to The Shining. And so I was thinking that, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the, in the, the hotel this week, there is a convention of doctors. And we here at No Sleep are here, so I guess you could call this gathering Dr. No Sleep. Dr. No Sleep. Is this on? Is Don't this on? encourage him. So, now that all that is out of the way, it is time to invite two voice actors with us. This first actor joined us in Salt Lake City 
We were thrilled to have her. She is originally, or at least now lives in, Amarillo, Texas, and she has come all the way up here to perform twice with us. She is a relative newcomer to the show, but we love her dearly. She's a very talented voice actor. Would you please welcome Sarah Thomas. You've got your own microphone now, Sarah. Smack dab in the middle, the way I like it. There we go. Wonderful. So we have Sarah. We have another young man, I believe, as well. This is the very first time that this man has joined us live on stage. In fact, I think pretty much all of us met him for the first time today, but he has been with the No Sleep Podcast since season two. We're now in season 13, so I can't do the math, but that's a long time. <laughs> we are thrilled that he is here. He is another fan favorite. He hails from Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> they approve. Would you please welcome Mr. Kyle Akers? Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. Kyle, thank you for traveling all this way. You walked, I understand. I did. It was 400 miles. (laughs) And thank you for dressing for the part. Thanks. I wanted to outshine all of you. Did it work? Is it true the bow tie spins if you press a button? Yes, but not till after the show. (laughs) We need the whiskey first. Exactly. Well, the story we're going to do for you now is written by our content manager, a very gifted writer, Olivia White. She also has written many great stories for the show, and she has gifted us with two scripts tonight. This story really blends with the theme of the No Sleep podcast this season. As you may know, our sort of theme is the old 80s video stores where you go and rent VHS tapes. And so that's where we're traveling tonight, back to the 80s, back to a video store, where we meet a couple of workers and some customers, and, oh, just a bunch of devilry ensues. And so... Join us in the store, if you will, because everybody there, well, they're locked in the vaults. It's him, Ash. I swear it's him. Dude, no way. Out here in the ass end of nowhere? Well, why not? He's got to be somewhere. And he left Hollywood. Here seems as good a place as any for him to be chilling. It's not him. So... Anything tickle your fancy, Candy? Man, I don't know. I've seen all these movies already. (laughs) What? All of them? (laughs) The entire VHS rental store. Well, no, but all the ones that appeal to me. Oh, come on. There's got to be something. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I can see. You know, it wouldn't be so hard if you hadn't put that blanket ban on renting any of the movies you're in. Shh, shh, shh. Not so loud. I don't want the clerks back there to recognize me. Seriously? Why, though? What's so bad about people realizing you used to be in the movies? Oh, I don't know. It's just... It's not my life anymore. I moved on from that. People start recognizing you, and they want autographs, discussions, behind-the-scenes gossip. 
It's not me. I'm I'm born again, as it were. You could make a killing on the convention circuit. Uh, no pun intended, but you know the Camp Killwater series is still radically popular, right? Oh, trust me, I know. I still get calls every month or so asking me to take up the pitchfork and don the mask and make appearances as Cletus Killwater. I just don't... I just don't want that to be part of my legacy, you know? A guy who impaled horny, nubile teens. It's so not me, it's not even funny. Why'd you even take the role if you dislike it that much? Uh, that, my dear, is a story for another time. Well, okay, can we at least check out the horror section then? I'm sure I'll find something in there, and don't worry, I'll make sure it's not one of yours. Though, the newer ones they're doing, Friday the 13th, they're supposed to be really good. As long as I'm not juggling severed heads and howling at the moon in them, it's fine by me. Ah! Dude, have you met Ivan's latest chick? No. Oh my god, she is bogus. She came in wearing heels, a neon green tube top, and honest to god, chewing bubblegum. She was all, yeah, must be Ash. Is the boss man around? Hoping he's got a tape to put in my slot. No, she didn't. I swear. No. <coughs> ah! Hey, have you guys got that new Batman movie in yet? The Tim Burton one. <laughs> nah, man, that's only just left theaters. Hey, it's releasing on VHS next month. What? No way! That's majorly early. That's what the catalog said. Ah, damn. I thought it was available already. Afraid not. Bet we've got plenty of copies of the Adam West one, though. <laughs> Seen that a million times. Any similar recommendations? <clears throat> Excuse me, there's a cue here. A cue? What? That he means a line. Sorry, buddy. We thought you were just standing around. I've been trying to get your attention for half an hour. Dude, you only got here ten minutes ago. You're wet. Pardon? Oh, oh, you mean wet from the rain. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, not a wet blanket, no. Uh, well, yes, well, um, it is rather stormy out. Uh, and maybe it hasn't been half an hour, but... Uh, hey, but, uh, sorry, pal. I didn't mean to cut in front of you regardless. Oh, it's fine. It's really fine. I'm sure, uh... Oh, uh, Dante. Uh, Dante Muldoon. I'm sure Mr. Muldoon here doesn't mind waiting. Especially not for a regular customer like Harley here. Do I not get a say in this? Jeez, Ash, chill. Dude, you know I'm afraid of storms. Listen, I'm trying to be patient here, but... Hey, y'all. Everyone okay? Yeah, we want to rent a movie. Oh, which one? Oh, oh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Stone Cold Classic. <laughs> Stone-cold ass, more like. Uh, it's divisive among fans. Oh yeah? You a horror fan, then? Me? <laughs> sure. Not as much as Miss Oxy here, but yeah. She's a real scream queen. <laughs> Oxy? <laughs> like the drug? Hey, 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 wasn't that what you were on when you busted up your spine on the set of that? No, 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 nobody needs to hear about my old injuries, Candy. Yeah, it's Oxy. Like Oxy. It's a long story. Her name's Roxy, and she's always facing out. There. Short version. And, like I said, she's a major horror buff. 
Well, that was atmospheric. Speaking of horror, sir, I gotta ask. Sir? You? Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're him, aren't you? Uh, ha! Busted, JJ. Oh my god, it hits you! Jet Jefferson, iconic and beloved serial killer. <laughs> what? Serial killer? Hold on now. Oh, chill, Captain Britain. This guy's one of horror's most beloved actors. Played Cletus Killwater in the Camp Killwater series. I've never even heard of it. Oh, come on, dude. Everyone's seen Camp Killwater. It's like the biggest slasher franchise. Bigger than uh, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Butcher Face no, 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 I, I don't like horror, okay? I, I'm sorry, Mr. Jefferson, uh, but I really need some assistance here. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. I'm not exactly uh, a... He's not a fan of being recognized, wants to put the past behind him. You know, all that crap. Thanks, Ken. Yes, that's it. I'm, I'm a... Oh, a... man, I read about this. You're some kind of, like, hippie pacifist now, right? Denouncing the violence of those awesome movies? Dude, don't diss hippies. My parents were hippies. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I absolutely know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure Mr. Jefferson... Please, just call me JJ. <laughs> I'm sure JJ knows we'll keep his secret safe. I've got to get back to the family, so if you wouldn't mind checking out this tape for me real quick... Nobody is going anywhere! <laughs> what the... I said nobody is going anywhere! You're all staying right here! Dude, 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 dude. Why? I mean, it's, it's storming outside. There's, there's lightning and, and thunder and it's, it's all really <laughs> ringing in. It's okay, pal. It's okay. My car's parked right outside. I think I can dash to it without getting struck. No, 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 no. I need five of you here. Uh, why is that, sir? JJ, this guy's freaking me out. Yeah, me too, Ken. Is he, like, robbing the place or what? Oh, God, I hope not. <sighs> you might have to bust out the old Cletus Killwater strength again. Will you two please stop whispering? Oh, sorry, sorry. We all just want to go home and... Listen, can you tell us the exact problem, friend? I... I need... Five! Five of you here to help me! With what, bro? Ash and I can help. You don't need the other customers here. We're the clerks. Uh, what is it you're after? A nice, relaxing rom-com? A stoner movie? A, a, a cartoon? Star Wars! I'm not here to rent a movie! I need you all... I need you to kill me! Come again, dude? Right, this is ridiculous. We're leaving. Nobody's going anywhere! <laughs> okay, fella, just calm down. Put the gun away. There's no need for any of this. Dude, if you want to rob the place, that's fine. We've got like 30 bucks in the register. Just take it. Uh, take some tapes if you want. I'm not here to rob the place. 
I'm here because I need you to kill me in a ritualistic way. It involves five people standing in the shape of a pentagram. Um, okay, but why? Yeah, I'm uh, kind of curious. I know it sounds crazy, and, and trust me, it is. But everything will be fine if... Hey, hey, wait, where are you going? Jeez, oh, I was just... Get back here, get back here now! <sighs> Everyone, stand in a line. You two, come out from behind the register. And nobody move! Now listen to me. Okay, okay. All right, we're, we're listening, buddy. We're listening. I won't explain how it happens. There's no point. You're just going to have to believe me. Uh, a parasitic demon has attached itself to me. It, it, it whispers into my ear. It tells me things. It, it tries to force me to do things. I know the ritual to free myself from it, but it involves five people killing me. I, I won't die. It'll just sever the demon from my body and send it back to, 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 to hell or wherever it came from. Okay. Okay. Christ, he's nuts. Whatever you say, guy. Uh, oh, okay, okay. So, Dante, was it? Okay. How, how do you know this isn't just what the demon wants? You say it whispers things to you? What if this is the demon trying to get you to harm yourself? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to take the risk. I have to... Ah, Harley's right. I bet this is a trick. The best thing you could do is let us take you to a hospital. Let us get you help. I'm not crazy. It's not in my head. There's a... Dude? Sir? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, you beautiful, pathetic little souls. What a wonderful treat my flesh sock has brought me. What delightful little secrets you all hold. <laughs> Let's take you, Ash. Every night you drown yourself in whiskey and marijuana to escape the pathetic, hopeless futility of your life. You lie awake, fearing that you are nothing, nobody, that you could die tomorrow and nobody would even notice. And guess what? <laughs> You're right! <laughs> Dude, that is so not cool. And so not true. And what about you, Miss Candice Butler? Your thoughts echo with the child you gave up for adoption. The child you birthed but knew you could never love. <sighs> but you don't regret it. Oh no! It's relief you feel every time you see a mother with a child. Whenever you glimpse a baby, all you think is, good lord, I'm glad that's not me. I'm glad I never have to see my brat again. <laughs> how, how the hell did you know that? And Mr. Jet Jefferson, you with your pacifism and happy clappy bullshit. Oh, oh, but that's not the reason you shed the, the Cletus Killwater mask, is it? Not really. You gave it up because you were enjoying it too much. Because every time you done the role, the fantasies would come. The fixation of doing it for real. Rending flesh and severing limbs. You gave up 
pretending to be Cletus Kilwater because you knew that the longer you pretended, the more likely that it would stop being a pretense and you take up the pitchfork for real and turn your on-screen legacy into an off-screen one. Oh, I feel <laughs> sick. That's, this, this is, you monster. I did the right thing. I gave up and I did the right thing. I've never hurt anyone. The way I used to feel made me sick to my stomach. I didn't do anything. I stopped. Dude, that's dark, though. Ash, that's not helping. Oh. And Oxy. Little Oxy McElroy. What are you hiding? Don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare say it. Don't you dare drag that out into the open. What, what happened to me was... Oh. It, it wasn't... Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yes, yes, I see. Oh, oh, you're right. Let's keep that between us, shall we? The others don't need to hear all the sordid details. I'm not a monster after all. <laughs> this has gone quite far enough. I agree, JJ. He's clearly not going to shoot us. He's spent too long researching us somehow. What? How? Nobody knows these things about me. This isn't some lunatic. This is a real, honest-to-God, died-in-the-wool demon. God, how amusing. But yes, listen to this one. I believe there's one person left. I need to... Yes? Have you got something you want to say to me? I... We... Come on, then. Spit it out. I... My lord, I... I didn't. I, I haven't... I... Speak! You're so keen to waggle your serpent tongue. What holds it now? What the hell is going on? It's me. Come on, then, little demon. What's my big secret? What is it you want to tell all these good people about me? Speak! No! No! I mustn't! I shan't! Back out my tongue! Oh, good boy. That's a good boy. Now, give me the gun. That's it. What? What happened? I feel... It's gone. The demon's gone. I, I feel free and I just wanted... Ah! Oh my god, what the hell? You killed him! Harley, you killed him, but what? what? Why? He said the demon was gone. Why, why did you do that? What? Isn't it obvious? Not really. I've worked too hard for far too long to allow some upstart, low-tier nobody come along and screw everything up. What do you... What do you mean? What are you talking about? What do you think he saw when he looked into my soul? Why did he react like that? He wasn't the only demon with roots in this world. There are bigger, better, more powerful arc demons out there. They, we, live among you. We have worked very hard to assimilate to fit in, 
to hide our influence from everyone as we weave our chaos and harvest souls. This idiot could have ruined everything. If we'd been forced to do the ritual, Harley, what? You're not a demon. You're a regular customer. Yeah, dude, you've been coming here as long as I remember. You've got a family, kids. What are you even thinking? Like I said, a true disguise takes a lot of work and a lot of time. I can't risk blowing it all now. So, uh, why are you telling us? Because, my dear, I'm afraid a crazy British man tried to rob this store. He shot the two clerks and the two customers before I managed to wrestle the gun from him and take him down. <laughs> but that didn't. Oh. Oh, I get it. Great. Just peachy, dude. Please, please don't do this. We won't tell anyone, just, can't you just wipe our minds or something? If you're an archdemon, surely you can do that. Shooting people seems so beneath you. I could, sure, but why would I pass up such an e easy, obvious opportunity to harvest four tormented souls? And I can't exactly tear your souls from your bodies in my usual way. That leaves a mess. Okay, stop. Stop this madness. You, you're a demon, right? Okay, then let's make a deal. Isn't that what you do? I mean, I'm listening. Take me. Just me. Let the other folks go. You can have my soul. <laughs> Why on earth would I do that? I could have one, or I could have four. Doesn't add up. Isn't... Uh, w w wouldn't it... Wouldn't a willing soul be worth more? That's adorable. No. Snatch souls are far more delicious. Oh, you've been watching too many horror movies, Mr. Cletus Killwater. Oh boy. Ah! It's Dante! He's alive! Get off me, you idiot! Get him, dude! Yeah! Oh my god! All of you, lay your hands on Harley! Grab! The, rit the ritual! It's the ritual he wanted us to do before! Everybody, grab Harley! On it! Done! Dante, do your thing. Harley is dead. That was easy. Dante's gone too. Rest in peace, weird British dude. Okay, but that wasn't a ritual, really. That was just five people killing someone. Well, I guess Dante did some preparation beforehand. He did want us to do the same thing to him, after all. I guess. Maybe. Didn't he say he wouldn't die from it? Harley? Harley, can you hear us? Are, are you alive? Uh, my head. Oh, gosh, what happened? Why does my neck hurt? Oh my god, it worked. It really worked. Right, okay. Harley, we'll explain later. First, 
Someone needs to call the cops. I'm on it. Let me just grab the phone. Wait. Wait, 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 what? Well, I guess the ritual didn't work. <sighs> Sorry. I have no idea what that idiot thought he was going to achieve, but it takes a lot more than that to kill an Ark Demon. Any chance you could tell me what it would take? <laughs> I'm afraid not. But, oh, you know what, Oxy? I like you. And I don't think I will kill you. I think I see potential in you. But first, you gotta be tested. Take this. What? The gun? I don't want it. I don't. <gasps> A tragic tale. A troubled, disturbed VHS rental store clerk snaps and kills three customers and her co-worker. There was nobody else in the store that night. I was never here. No, no. I'll tell them. I'll, I'll tell them everything. There's, there's evidence that will and... point to you. I'm a demon, remember? But hey. This is a test, not a condemnation. When you get out of this, if you get out of this, come find me. I'll have a reward waiting for you. A reward greater than anything you could imagine. In the meantime, ooh, I think I hear sirens. I guess someone called the cops. Oops. Time for me to go. Good luck, Oxy, and Happy Halloween! No, no, no! No, don't leave me! Don't leave me like this! No! Sarah Thomas and Kyle Akers! Thanks, dudes, thank you! I should be possessed more often. <laughs> well, for our final story tonight, we have a special guest joining us. This is a young man who has made quite a name for himself on the podcast. He joined us in season three, and he has been in some of the most iconic roles that we've ever done. He has a bit of a particularly unique and singular voice. <laughs> and he hails from a little town near here called Denver, Colorado. Would you please welcome to the stage the one and the only Peter Lewis! Stanley, how are you? <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> Peter, it is a joy to have you back on stage with us. Peter came on the very first tour we did of the United States. So, in this last tale, we meet a family. 
not really an ordinary family. This is a family of wealth and prestige. I think it could be said that this is a family in the 1%. And we're going to meet one member of this family, and she will fill us in a little bit about the members of her family. But the problem is that, well, not a lot of people remember her family. And so we're going to meet her and she will explain exactly why that is. Because you see, she just might very well be the last of the Van Bildens. If someone had asked me six months ago, have you heard of the Van Bildens? I'd have laughed in their face. Of course I've heard of the Van Bildens, I'd have said. Hasn't everyone around here? Because six months ago, everyone around here had heard of the Van Bildens. You couldn't live around here without knowing about them. No, no, that's not true. We're being honest with each other here, aren't we? And you want the truth, don't you? Then, here's the truth. You couldn't live around here without knowing about us. I'm one of the Van Bildens. The youngest Van Bilden child, in fact. The wayward prodigy. The one who's a genius, who has a lot of potential. If only they could escape from the cage of their addiction, or their mental illness, or their misguided romance with someone from the wrong side of the tracks. It doesn't matter what the specifics of my life are. You know the archetype. We were a family of archetypes. We, the Van Bildens, we were that family. You know the one I'm talking about. There are dozens of TV shows about families like us. Domineering, larger-than-life families who everyone else just revolves around like satellites. Families with wealth and power. Families with more skeletons in their closet than Bluebeard, but somehow pillars of the community nonetheless. You see them all the time on TVs and dramas, all the time. But you don't seem to see them so much in real life. There's a reason for that. I'll get to that later. First, allow me to explain a little more about the type of family we were, because it's important that you go away tonight knowing this. There's always me, wayward prodigy. We've covered that one. There's always an absent father. Often, he's dead. But the father's always done something terrible that puts him out of the picture. The rest of the family usually spend the duration of the show cleaning up his mess. We certainly didn't break the mold here. My father died two years ago. When he died, well, that's when we discovered his penchant for hiring and murdering male hookers. The idiot kept trophies. Imagine our surprise when we found that trophy cabinet in his study. Actually, it was one of us in particular that found it. The main son, the golden boy. On TV, if he's not played by Jason Bateman, then he's portrayed by an actor as visually close to Bateman as possible. Yeah, you know it's true. Okay, occasionally you get a handful of shows with an Alec Baldwin look-alike for the traditionalists. In our family, that role was filled by my brother, Devin. 
Listen to me, mother. Everything I've done, I've done for this family. Would a little gratitude hurt you? And then, of course, there's the mother. A domineering matriarch who struggles to show her children the love she holds for them, but nonetheless possesses a fierce loyalty to her family. Even if it's not always apparent. Oh, spare me your martyrdom, Devon. Everything you've done is because you wanted to keep the Van Bilden name intact. You live off the reputation of this family. Oh, that's entirely unfair. I've done this for all of you. I didn't have to cover up for Dad. I could have thrown him under the bus and distanced myself from our legacy. But the Van Bilden name keeps the rest of you going. You in particular, Mother. <laughs> Think of the questions. How could she not have known what her husband was up to? Was she aware? Was she complicit? How dare you! Everyone knows how cold you are, Mother. About the love you never showed us as children. <laughs> Christ. We were practically raised by the nanny. And certainly something happened to try Vosita. Oh, no spoilers, Devin. But since you were about to drop the bomb, let's move on to the next archetype, the black sheep. The black sheep is usually the oldest child. The failed experiments, if we're being cynical. They have a sordid history. They've done things that could bring shame to their loved ones. They constantly let down the family name, whatever. Usually, the black sheep is the victim, though. Maybe they've taken the fall for absent father or made some other kind of sacrifice that Golden Boy could only dream of making. In our family, the black sheep was my brother, Staten. He left the family, and the country, in disgrace after killing his girlfriend in a car accident. He'd been drinking, then he drove. So the story went, anyway. After Dad's death, we found out that it was in fact Mom who'd been driving drunk, and she'd allowed Staten to take the fall for her. Although it later transpired Dad was to blame, because that's always a third act twist in these things. Anyway. Well, certainly something happened to drive Staten away to England. Oh, Staten, he's... Back. That's right, Mother. Our little wayward prodigy contacted me and told me what you'd found out about Dad. And I decided it was time to come back and reveal some long-hidden truths about the man we called Father. Staten, you're back. Your time in England has changed you. You seem darker somehow, angrier. If you do anything to threaten the life of this... the, the life that I've carved out for this family, I will... What? Devin, kill me, like Dad did those male hookers? No, no, of course not. But if you have something to say, Staten, say it now. Well, don't you think it's convenient how Mother simply never knew about Father's extracurricular activities? Did you never stop to ask where Mother was driving in such a hurry with my girlfriend in tow? Oh, Staten, it's not what you think. Clarice, your girlfriend. She was pregnant. What? But we never... We were saving ourselves for marriage. <laughs> Staten, we... you fool. You never saw the signs? Clarice and your father, they were screwing around behind my back. That hussy. She threatened everything, and you, my precious children, were too blind to see it. 
You have no idea how I've suffered for this family. Wait, 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 hold on. I thought dad was into men. Bisexuality is a thing, Devin. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't help stepping in at that point. I had just been sitting there in the corner, completely stunned by the revelations being dropped about the family I thought was perfect. Oh, jeez. I didn't see the kid was in here. I've screwed up. I've screwed it all up again. I was 23 at the time. So what are we going to do? We have to protect this family. And that's when it showed up just burst through the door of our ancestral family home like it was no big deal. Hi, I've got a solution for you all. I don't know what drew it to us at that exact moment. I guess maybe we'd hit the crescendo, the peak of revelations about our family. Every dark secret, every bit of dirty laundry threatening to come out. If our lives had been a show, like, a live podcast show. This would have been the big denouement where everything started to come together, heading into the final act where Devin and Staten would learn to put their differences aside, where Mother would reveal the depths of her love for her children, where I would battle and overcome my demons and we'd all come out the other side relatively unscathed. But once the family devourer arrived, that was never going to happen, was it? Who in the blue hell are you? Get out of my house. Get out of my house right now! Well, this is an interesting development. Let's hear what this person has to say. Oh, thank you, Staten. I'm glad that at least one of the Van Buildings can be gracious. Look at you all, standing around in this massive house, gorged on wealth pregnant with reputation. Here you are, picking through the bones of your history, trying to work out the best course of action to keep the good old Van Bilden name from being besmirched. Oh, but you're all losing sight of one thing, one important thing that none of you are grasping. And what is that exactly? Oh, none of it matters. Absolutely none of it. That's what I've always said! Mm. Cute, but unfortunately, my little wayward prodigy, I mean it a little more literally than your grad school nihilism. None of it matters, see? What your father did doesn't matter. The dead male hookers don't matter. The infidelity doesn't matter. The unborn child killed in a car accident doesn't matter. None of it matters. None of you matter. Because in precisely 15 minutes, none of you will exist. Oh, this is bollocks. Is this a threat? Do you know who we are? Mm, I know who you are. And so does everyone else around here, but they won't. Not for long. What? Oh, can you name another family around here like yours? Another larger-than-life brood around whom everyone else gravitates and focuses? Another family who possesses the wrecking ball existence of the somewhat rich and indulgent? Um, well, no, but I... I, I it's well, that's because I have been slowly but surely whittling them away until we're here 
with you all at the center of your petty little universe. Who are you? Not so much who, <laughs> more of a what. See, I eat people like you, but don't worry. This isn't some unexpected cannibalism twist in the story of your lives. No, I, I devour people like you. I suck you in and inhale every last drop of your existence. I eat families like the Van Buildens, and when I do, no trace of you remains. Nobody remembers you. You are completely and utterly erased from this world. Why? Uh, assuming it was even possible to do that, why would you? Because nothing tastes as sweet as hubris. <laughs> People like you, families like yours, you think you're so important. You think the world revolves around you. There's a certain beautiful poetry in completely and totally erasing people like you, making you less than an inconsequence. I suppose, realistically, I could devour anyone for sustenance, but, you know, I've made it a point to go after families like yours. You wouldn't believe how many legacies I've removed from existence. Hell, the last meal I had? Well, they were your very close friends. You guys went hand in hand. But you don't even remember them. For all intents and purposes, they never existed. And the Van Buildens are next on the menu. This is madness. Get the hell out of my house now, before I call the cops. And with that, the thing that looked almost human reached out and grasped Mother's face. I can't even begin to describe what happened when it touched her. It was like she, as an entire being slowly got sucked into the thing's palm. It wasn't gory or even particularly violent. It was destruction on an existential level. I could spend years trying to vocalize what happened, but I don't think the human language even has words for it. When Mother was gone, drained, devoured, we all stood there in stunned silence. Even as I watched, the memory of Mother felt hazy in my brain. I could still recall her, still picture her, but it hurt to do so. Like something in my head was issuing a threat every time I tried. What the hell? What the hell? What have you done with her? I'm going to be sick. <sighs> ah, the two ever-warring brothers. I bet you thought your feud was going to last forever, didn't you? that you'd be at loggerheads until the day one of you finally killed the other, because that's how these things always go. There is always drama with families like the Van Buildings, always grudges, always sequels, but none of that's in the cards for you. <laughs> However, I am partial to a little amusement. Now, you've seen what I can do. You've witnessed the fact that I am not bluffing, so I'm going to extend a generous offer to you both. Before I erase you from existence, I'm going to let you take out your frustrations on one another. I know you've both wanted to kill each other since you were kids. It doesn't matter to me whether you're alive or dead when I eat your legacy. It's all just as nourishing. So go nuts if you want. In fact, ching ching! Here's a couple of knives for you. My brothers looked at the devourer, 
then down at the knives it held, then at each other. I think, maybe, I'd have found it easier if they had grabbed the knives up. If they'd gone at each other with that famous Van Bilden spirit, cutting, slicing, stabbing. But they didn't. Their eyes met. Their arms reached out. For a moment, they just shook hands. Then Staten pulled Devon into a hug, and they held each other as over 30 years of animosity, drama, and secrets fell away. The family devourer reached out to them, one hand on each of my brother's shoulders. And then they were gone. And now... You're the only one left, little wayward prodigy. Your mother and brothers were enough for me to strip your family's existence from the world. This house, the Van Bilden family home, already it belongs to someone else. It always has. I heard movement from upstairs. Whatever change the devourer had made to reality had been instant. All that's left is you. Just a nobody. An inconsequence. Just a piece of meat without a name or an identity. You were never anything more. Just a bystander and a narrator, even to your family. You're nothing more than a framing device for the powerhouse that was the Van Bildens. And without them, you have no purpose. So come to me, little wayward soul. Embrace oblivion. Of course I wasn't going to do that. So I did what I assume nobody else in the history of this creature's mealtimes had ever done. I kicked it square in the crotch. And then I ran. Turns out, there are benefits to having your legacy devoured. Nobody remembers me. I don't exist. I can't say my real name out loud without my brain feeling like it's being squeezed. I can't share any identifying details about my previous self. For some reason, though, I can talk about my family, but usually nobody listens. Or maybe they can't listen. As soon as I mention the Van Bildens, their eyes gloss over. It's like they can't process the words I'm saying. I stopped trying after a while. Not just because of that, though, but because I soon realized that every time I mentioned my family, the devourer could tell. It was helping it get a bead on my location. I had one very narrow escape that I only managed to pull off thanks to a baseball bat to the creature's face. If someone had asked me six months ago, have you heard of the Van Bildens? I'd have laughed in their face. Of course I've heard of the Van Bildens, I'd have said. Hasn't everyone around here? But if someone asked me now, I'd pause. I'd wonder how they remember the Van Bildens. Because nobody should. Something devoured what there was of us. 
and it's still looking to eat the last scraps. But I'm hoping that tonight, by talking about the Van Bildens at length, I'll draw it here. And like the creature said, I'm nothing anymore. I'm, I'm a nobody. Surely one of you in the audience tonight will make a tastier meal. If I can make this trade off, then perhaps... Oh, no. No, see, I'm afraid that's not how it works. Not at all. <laughs> I don't make trades. Look around you. Are there any empty seats out there? Well, I promise you, they were not empty half an hour ago. But I am very picky about what I eat. Most of you can go home. It is you I hunger for, my little wayward prodigy. You might be nobody, but you're still the last of the Van Buildings, and I do hate to leave a meal unfinished. So, none of you remember the Van Buildings, right? Hmm, good. I thought not. Mr. Peter Lewis, Kyle Akers, Sarah Thomas, Nicole Goodnight, Jessica McAvoy, David Alt, and Mr. Brandon Boone. so much everybody thank you this audio production is copyright 2019 by creative reason media inc all rights reserved the copyrights for the individual stories are held by the respective authors no duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Creative Reason Media, Inc.